how quickly they forget. Have you ever used that phrase? When I was a boy, maybe fifth or sixth grade, my friends and I, we liked to play in our attic. I mean, we built this really cool fort up there and the fort was directly above my parents' bedroom. So one night we wanted to have a sleepover in our attic fort. So my dad set us all down. He's like, now boys, it's fine to, for you to have a sleepover up there. But remember, you're directly above our room. We need to get our sleep. So at midnight, I need you to be quiet. Do you understand? Oh, yes, sir. Can I get a promise from each of you? I mean, do we have a deal? Yes, sir. All right, good. Now go up there and have a good time. Oh, we did. Can You can guess what happens next. <laughs> midnight came and we were totally oblivious and we kept on making all kinds of noise. Well, the entrance to the attic, you know, is one of those pull down ceiling doors that has a collapsible ladder. <laughs> well, a little past midnight, the door slowly opened. We froze. My dad's head appeared between the floorboards of the attic. Boys, you're not keeping your end of the deal. Busted. How quickly they forget. Well, a, a similar thing happens in our story today in Exodus 32, but on a, a much grander scale. The children of Israel forgot the promise that they made to God. But in order to understand the weight of this story, we need to roll back the tape. Now, this is the place where we say previously in the book of Exodus. Let's roll back all the way to chapter 7. Remember last week, Pastor Megan introduced us to Moses. And God called Moses to confront Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The people had been enslaved for 400 years. Moses said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no. Then Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, sent a series of plagues that each directly confronted the gods of Egypt. The ninth plague was darkness, a direct show of power against the Egyptian sun god, Ra. And in chapter 11, Moses warns Pharaoh that God was going to repay Egypt for having ordered all the firstborn sons of Israel to be drowned in the Nile River. The death angel was coming to take all the firstborn of every household. Then in chapters 12 through 13, we see that God offers a way to escape this death. This was our text last week. And Pastor Megan taught us that God gave this beautiful meal to become a spiritual practice so that they would never forget how God had rescued them from this death. How quickly they forget. Well, since last week, God delivered on God's promise. And chapters 14 through 18 tell the story of God's, this amazing escape. And God leads the people with a pillar of cloud through the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's greed overwhelms him and he chases after the fleeing slaves. And the sea swallows up his entire army. And Israel is saved. And then in chapter 19, we come to our story for today. Moses leads the people through the wilderness of Sinai to the base of Mount Horeb, the place where Moses saw the burning bush in the the first and first spoke with Yahweh. So God speaks to the people through Moses and begins to enter into a covenant with them. A covenant is a legally binding agreement. It, it starts like this. If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. Notice what's happening. God loves the whole world. I mean, all of it belongs to God, but God has chosen the children of Israel to play a special role. They're to be priests among the nations, a people set apart to demonstrate to the whole world what it looks like to actually live in the kingdom of God. 
God is going to show them how to do this with the covenant. Will you obey it? We will, they say. This is like at a, at a wedding ceremony, you know, where the pastor stands before the couple and they say, will you have this man to be your husband and so forth? And they say, I will. And then the couple turns to each other and enters into the actual vow. And the people say, yes. And then something amazing happens. In chapter 20, God speaks directly to the people. And he shows up in this big like volcano of dark cloud and smoke. And he, he speaks the words to them. And he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. You shall have no other gods. And you shall. And you shall. And we call this the Ten Commandments. Now, this, this is a terrifying experience for the people. And they respond to Moses. <laughs> Moses you, you speak to God, but don't let God speak to us or we'll die. They, they just weren't ready for that kind of relationship that Moses had with God. So God tells Moses to tell the people, don't make gods of silver or gold. All I need is a simple earthen altar. Because wherever my name is remembered, there I will bless you. And this is their agreement. And then Moses goes up to the mountain and for chapters 21 to 23, He gives them a covenant that shows them how to be a royal priesthood and a holy nation. And then Moses speaks the word of the covenant to the people and they agree. Then Moses builds an altar to the Lord. He writes the words of the covenant in a book and he sprinkles the book in the people with blood. Now that sounds really weird to us, but it was a common practice back then. See, this is a covenant, a legally binding agreement sealed with blood between God and the people. And the penalty for breaking a blood covenant is death. The people have signed the agreement. And then Moses goes back up to the mountain and spends 40 days and 40 nights there. God is giving Moses the blueprint for the tabernacle and writes it on two stone tablets. And it takes six chapters and 40 days. And the people are getting restless. And that brings us to our text for today. The people speak to Aaron He's second in command and he's in charge while Moses is gone. They say, hey, Aaron, make gods for us because we don't know what happened to this Moses guy. Huh? Aaron says, give me your gold. And he makes a golden calf. And and the people say, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. And Aaron builds an altar and the people have a festival to the Lord. How quickly they forget. It's not just that they forgot that God had delivered them from slavery and are being ungrateful. They had just entered into a legally binding blood covenant with God, punishable by death, and specifically said that they would never turn to other gods or build it out of gold or silver. Here we are 40 days later and poof, they're putting their gold into a a golden calf, just like all the other nations do. And then the door creaks open. You are not keeping your end of the deal. Do you understand how intense this was? This, is, this was like cheating on your spouse on your honeymoon. And God becomes very angry. God was ready to deliver their just punishment for breaking the covenant. But Moses pleaded for mercy. He basically said, Lord, you don't want to be like those other gods and have a bad reputation, do you? And God repented. And God changed the plan and and spared the people. 
There were still horrible consequences, and the relationship between the people and God was rocky at best, but God stayed faithful to the covenant, even though the people didn't. How quickly they forget. I have a simple question for us today. How are we doing with our end of the covenant? When Jesus shared the Last Supper with his disciples, he said that his blood was the new covenant. You see, Jesus has called us, the church, to be a royal priesthood, to be a holy people. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Like Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, we are the light of the world, a city on a hill. We are the salt of the earth. When people see us, they should see the love of God. Yet so often, we wonder if God's just hanging out on the mountain a little too long. Maybe God won't even be coming back. You see, the, the children of Israel, they were terrified of God. They wanted a God that was more manageable. <laughs> they wanted a God that, that they could craft from their own gold and carry with them wherever they wanted to go. They didn't want a God that would stretch them, a God that would lead them into the wilderness, a God that would ask them to serve their neighbors. (laughs) Do you ever look around at what's happening in the world right now and think, wow, I mean, God has been away on that mountain for a really long time. We are continually tempted to bow down to the American gods. You know those gods? The gods of power. The gods of control, of wealth, of fame, of self-righteousness, of self-protection, self-indulgence. You know, when the world gets unstable, like it is right now, it's so easy to forget our calling and turn to the quick fix where we draw hard boundaries and and hunker down out of fear. It's easy to stop loving, to stop listening, to stop reaching out to the love the way Jesus taught us to love and start listening to the gods who tell us how to be safe within our own self-protective bubbles. What gods tempt you to throw your gold at them today? May we be a people who never forget. Each time we come to the bread and to the wine, may we remember. We have a mediator in Jesus, a mediator who went up on the mountain, who pleaded our case, who sealed the covenant in his own blood so that we may know life in the kingdom of God. May our eyes be opened and our hearts softened to carry on the work of Jesus Christ and love our neighbor the way God loves us. May we never forget. Amen.